Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What's up, guys? It's your boy JK back here again with the 1% Club podcast. Uh, UFC 280 is upon us. I know everybody is super excited about that, and I feel like it's kind of uh, it's taking the star power. But first, this coming weekend, we have UFC Vegas 62. Not a ton of star power on this card, but I do feel like it's one of those cards that uh, one of those cards that could be sneaky, sneaky good. Uh, there is some good matchups on it. We're gonna talk about it as we always do. Main event: Alexa Grasso versus Viviane Arujo. I, I will say this: I do feel like these these ladies are evenly matched. Um, I like Grasso. She seems to have uh, kind of fixed a lot of the deficiencies in her game. She seems to have well uh, well rounded out a little bit, and her submissions are picking back up. Her boxing's always been really good. Um, I, I'm I've always been a fan of her. 14-3 record. She only loses to the to the to the good gals in the division. I, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, Viviane, obviously, uh, kind of. I think she's kind of made her made her way back after coming off the loss of uh, Jessica I, and then obviously dropping a decision to Caitlin Chukagian. No, uh, no harm in that at all. Caitlin's one of the top in the division, but uh, coming off a win, Andrea Lee main eventing against Alexa Grasso, uh, won three out of her last four. I think could be wrong. Let me let me scroll back there. Yeah, three out of her last four. Uh, she's a very, very good prospect in that division, up and comer. She's getting some good wins. This win will be a marquee win for her if she can get a win over Alex Grasso. It will be a big deal for her career, and you're going to start to see her jump up in that division. However, taking on the number five flyweight in the world, Alex Grasso, no easy task. Very, very well rounded. Good boxing. Uh, good mental. She's mentally strong. Good cardio. She's very well rounded. Always comes ready to fight. I like this matchup a lot. I think it's going to be a very evenly contested fight. I don't necessarily have a super strong opinion on this, if you haven't been able to tell already. But I do want to dive into a couple of fights that I do have, uh, not only have a strong opinion on, but I, you know, they kind of hit uh, close to home. Jonathan Martinez, a.k.a. Pedro, taking on Cub Swanson. And listen, uh, Martinez has been around the block. Let's click on click on Martinez. He, he seems to, 16-4 record. Uh, seems to have just been really pitching a shutout as of late. Um, I think he's coming on like three or four wins in a row. Taking uh, He's at three wins in a row. His last loss is to Davy Grant, a fight that I thought he was winning until he got knocked out. Uh, Davy Grant has massive, massive power. The fight before that, he uh, got a win over Thomas Almeida, which uh, Pedro and I actually shared that card together. He fought, and then I fought Claudio Silva right after that. I think it was my last, my last MMA fight right after that. Shared it with uh, with Pedro. So, good things, uh, good things there. Great, great teammate, and he's very skilled in the room. He's he's amazing. Good kickboxing, good cardio. Uh, extremely underrated wrestling and grappling. He's really the whole the whole deal, man. He's 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 very durable. Um, he's got good boxing, good kicks. He's got a very good low calf kick. Uh, he really does everything well. To be honest with you guys, he. Uh, I mean, he's just the, the the total package. And what I like about him is he has an innate ability to be able to adapt and deal with uh, diverse types of fighters. He's, he's fought really good wrestlers, really good strikers, really good grapplers. And he seems to have a way to deal with those guys uh, all the time. And, and the well-roundedness, what comes out of him, is kind of where I appreciate his game because he's able to adjust and adapt to who he's fighting. Now... 
sitting across from him is going to be OG veteran. Uh, and maybe he doesn't get enough credit for this pod, but maybe the best marketer in MMA of all time, the killer cub thing. Uh, he's just done a, uh, a great job of that. Cub Swanson known for his power. Um, and, and his, I, I, I don't know if he's been vocal about this or not, but I got to think that his, his days of fighting are coming to an end soon. That's no disrespect. I'm not saying he should, but man, he, uh, he he's had an incredible career and and lately he seems to have you know came on he he had uh, finished Daniel Pineda who's a strong prospect uh, got beat by Giga Chikazi no harm in that and then uh, a not just a win over Darren Elkins but a finish win over Darren Elkins in the first round by knockout not an easy task to do Cub made it look easy and did it uh, with style points if you go back and watch that did it with some great great style points the way these guys match up stylistically. Man, is is uh, I will say this. It makes for a lot of fun for the fans. I think this fight is going to predominantly stay striking. Knowing, uh, knowing Martinez like I do and the camp that he comes from, his coach, Mark Montoya, is also my coach. Those guys typically come with a very good game plan. I got to think he's going to mix it up. Obviously, I haven't, I haven't spoke to him about it, but I got to think that Martinez is going to mix in the takedowns. I think to not do that against a guy with power, like you know, a guy like Cub Swanson that has so much power, I think that would be a mistake on his end to not mix in the takedowns, the clinch, all that stuff. That camp is notorious for having good clinch work anyway, so I, I think it would be a no-brainer for for Martinez to slip in a takedown or two here. Cub has great jujitsu, but he's not really known to mix his game up. You know, he's he's predominantly a striker. He wants to strike. He wants to knock people out on the feet. I think this is uh, this is going to be an incredible fight. You know, I really do. I do think that Martinez is going to have a slight grappling edge on on Cub, and uh, we'll see if he can you know if he can dictate where the fight takes place. Because I think if he can mix it up and he can get those takedowns, I think you're going to see him bank rounds against the veteran Cub. And which, like for me, that's the number one question in this, right? Podge is like, you know, Cub's age continues to be like a question every time he fights. Is like, hey. Is he coming uh, to an end? Is this all coming to an end? Is age is catching up? And then Martinez obviously is kind of finding his prime right now. So I don't know. What do you think? Is it a perfect time for for Martinez to take this fight? You would think so. Like, I mean, is Cub, this is at 135, right? Yeah. Yeah. 135. Aldo had a bit of a resurgence when he kind of went, when he moved down, but usually a weight change is followed by a, a retirement. I've seen that so many times in the past, you know, so we'll kind of see how Cub gets on. I, I don't know, man. I just... Uh, typically, in my experience, Aldo is kind of the anomaly in this. Typically, going down in weight, especially at that age, is not a good thing. And uh, I think Cubs' last fight was at 45 and had a knockout over Darren Elkins. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really sure why the why the weight change. You know, I I, I don't really. I don't quite understand it, but you know, Cubs a vet and he's a smart dude. He's an extremely smart guy, so I'm sure if he's going down that there's a reason, you know, and I'm, I'm guessing that he can make it fairly easily because we've had many discussions in the past, you know, it's like this, this, this typically doesn't go well unless there's a good reason to, to go down and wait, especially at his age. Let's talk about the betting line here. I, I, I gotta be uh, a little honest here. Martinez coming in at minus 210. That's even gone farther. I think it was even closer to like minus 150 at the opening line, maybe even more than that. Uh, that's a little surprising to me because I do think this this fight is a uh, is a is a fairly even evenly matched fight. I do favor Martinez for sure. Now two to one, I don't know about that. And and 
not even from a skill perspective, right? Like I, I do think Martinez is the better fighter everywhere here. I'm gonna make that very clear. But Cub's danger factor is worth something. Now I don't know what exactly the how to quantify that number. But two to one for the danger factor that he brings to the table uh, as an underdog seems a little disrespectful in my opinion. And also Martinez has the uh, has the danger factor as well. But man, it's just hard for me to count out when you know one of the OGs like Cub for like a two to one favorite. You know, it's 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 hard for me to do that. You know, I, I, like I said, I think Martinez is the better fighter everywhere for sure. But anytime you can get Cub as a two to one dog, that seems. Uh, I've, I've, dude, correct me if I'm wrong, Podge, but I feel like that was a bigger bigger dog than it was against Giga Jakazi. I could be way wrong on that. I, I, I could be way wrong on that, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think Jakazi was, was much of a bigger uh, favorite than that, you know, which dude. And, and honestly, I think Pedro could be in the, in the top, in the top, uh, top 10. Yeah. Top, Cobb was top plus 175 against uh, Giga. Yeah. So it's about the, you know, Giga was minus 220. Martinez is minus 210. It's about the same. I mean, Pedro's, Pedro's in that level. Yeah, you know, he he's he's at that level. So we'll see. It's a great fight. I think this fight is gonna be super uh exciting for the fans. And uh hopefully it has all the uh all the ingredients to make a uh, barn burner of a fight. Let's dive into another fight I'm excited about as well. A ton of implication on the flyweight division. Brandon Raw Dog Royval versus Askar Askarov. You know who I'm rocking with here, my man Raw Dog. Love this kid. Another teammate of mine. Uh, been, I've been training with this guy for a, for a long time, probably since 2014, 2015. Watching his, you know, his resurgence through LFA. And uh, you know, he, he had some good wins in LFA, then lost, and then came back. And, and uh, really just not only that, his, the way he exploded into the, uh, into the UFC. And it's really, if you, if you scroll down and you look, he's really only lost to the elites in the division. You know, Pantoja, Marino. He finished Kai Care France in the second round. Obviously, his debut against my guy Tim Elliott. Um, if you go back up, and then coming off his uh, his latest win against uh, Chanel and Bontarine. Chanel coming off that crazy win over Sumajari. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff going on in the way of Brandon Royval. Askarov coming off of a, I believe he's, is, is Askarov coming off of a, a win or a loss over Kai? Yeah, decision loss against Kai was his last fight. Decision loss against Kai. Here's, this is the, this is the crazy thing is like when we watch this fight with uh, Kai Kara France and Askarov, Askarov had an extremely difficult time getting France down, uh, got him down in the first, took his back, like won the first convincingly. My problem with that is, is after he had a hard time getting him down, he started to fade a little bit. I'm telling you guys right now, Brandon Royval is not going to get tired. Like, this dude is going to move. He's going to squirm. He doesn't have the best takedown defense. But sometimes it's worse doing that for him because he is able to up-down so much. He, you know, he this up-down, up-down, up-down. Training at altitude, I mean, the, the cardio is no problem. He's already a cardio monster anyway. Put him in altitude. It's uh, it's no problem for him. So, uh, I'm, I'm curious as if Askarov is going to make any changes to try to get his cardio to the level where he's going to be able to hold Brandon down for 15 minutes, right? And that's pretty much the only way I see him winning this fight is if he's somehow able to hold Royval down for 15 minutes. That in itself is no easy task. Secondly, Royval has some of the best jujitsu in that division and probably the highest, if not one of the highest danger factors in jiu-jitsu and in the striking, always throwing knees, always throwing elbows. His ability to finish is is pretty uh, miraculous. So 
it is a, I will say this, it is a tough stylistic matchup for both guys. And Brandon has only ever lost to guys like that, getting held down, you know, uh, by good wrestlers. And that is what Askarov brings to the table. However, I think you have seen kind of a, uh, a growth of Roy Vault where he's becoming increasingly difficult to hold down. When you do hold him down, he's elbowing you from bottom. He's throwing up subs to create space, and you're constantly having to up-down him. On the striking, I think this is going to be a shutout, Podge. I don't think this is going to be even close. I think I think if Brandon if Brandon can stop a takedown, I think he's going to knock Askarov out or or hurt him a bunch of times. Like this this fight to me will not be even close on the feet. Like Roy Vall is going to destroy him on the feet. Askarov's only way to win this fight is a takedown. Uh, a submission is unlikely, but possible for sure. If Askarov wins this fight, I think it's going to be by decision. Roy Vall has many more ways to win this fight for that reason. Uh, and then obviously me knowing him extremely well, knowing what he brings to the table, that's who I'm rocking with on on this fight. So big implications at 125. Uh, I think the winner here is going to be knocking at the uh, at the the title shot door here really soon. We got my we got my man uh, Mono Martinez fighting Brandon Davis. Um, Mana, this will be his second fight uh, with me. He's looked really good this camp. The the improvements that I've seen from him are insanely drastic. And I gotta I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I don't think Brandon Davis gets the respect that he deserves, man. I really don't. And uh, I think he has shown massive improvement as well. So you know, we definitely aren't underestimating Davis at all in this fight. And I, if you look at his record, a fourteen and nine record. It's easy to dismiss what he has done and what he is capable of doing, but we definitely know better than that. And uh, he's a vet. He's been around. He's fought some really good guys. And, uh, you know, we don't take that lightly. So Mana's ready, you know, without diving into the, the game plan or anything like that. I, it's going to be an exciting fight, and uh, I'm stoked to be there. One, Maximov versus Mount Coon. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but both these guys are good grapplers with good jujitsu. Malkoon has extremely underrated wrestling. The majority of his wrestling is going to come off the fence. He does have a really, really, really nasty. If you watch him fight, I'm telling you guys, you're going to see this to one degree or another. He has a nasty head outside single uh, series that he does. He'll go head outside single to run the pipe. If he doesn't get that, he'll go head outside single to back take. If he doesn't get the uh, the lift off that, he'll lean you back down. He's very good at just running people through that. I mean, extremely good at it. Across from him, Nick Maximov, much better folk style wrestler. Folk style going to be the doubles and singles and the open mat, right? The the cage wrestling is going to favor Malkoon here. The open mat wrestling is going to favor Maximov here. I got to think that their grappling and jujitsu is going to uh, cancel each other out. And I think whoever's going to be able to get the takedown here is going to get the win here. I personally think Maximov is a better wrestler. If he can stay off of the fence here, I think he's going to be in business. And I think you're going to see either one of these guys, in my opinion, Maximov, going to cruise to a uh, to a decision here. Rafael uh, Sensao taking on Victor Henry. Why is this important? Sensao been in the division for a long time. He's fought the elites, the who's who of this division. Uh, beat some of them, lost to some of them. But I think the, the bigger story here is is kind of the the comeback of Victor Henry, right? Everybody's been chomping at the bit to see the comeback of uh, of Victor Henry, who's twenty two and five record, I think. What he is, why why is this important? This is important because he's coming off of a huge. I think he was like a four or five to one underdog uh, against Tony Barsolis, who just looked great a week or two ago. And Victor Henry pretty much dominated that fight. And we're talking about a guy Barsolis who was regarded to be you know next next uh the next big thing in that division potentially fighting for the title one day victor henry made it look easy 
This guy is a volume monster. He's a cardio monster. Um, very well-rounded, tough to take down. And he, he's got it all, man. And I, and I think that huge win over Barcelos is why everybody is chomping at the bit to watch this guy fight again, taking on a vet and uh, Rafael Sensao, whose value has seemed to have dropped as of late. Once again, we just keep talking about this. And this kind of brings a tear to my iPod. But, you know, all the guys that that uh, I kind of came up with are starting to retire. You know, this year we saw Joanna uh, retire, Cerrone retire, I retired. Um, not that I'm anywhere notable to those names. But uh, Frankie's about to be on his uh, his last fight. Um, Luke Rockhold, you know, these a lot of the OGs that that I came up with are starting to uh, retire. I got to think that Asensal is on his you know on his last leg here. Once again, no disrespect, but Father Time is undefeated here. I like Victor Henry in this a lot. He's a cardio monster, volume monster. I think he's going to do very well in this fight, guys. It's not a great card as far as name recognition, but remember we talked about this last week. Some of these cards can be sleeper cards due to the matchups and these matchups are very good they're very exciting and regardless of if you don't believe in that puts us one more fight card closer to ufc 280 which is what we're all excited for we're all ready for that that card is absolutely bananas but first we have this weekend so we'll get the breakdown of the the bets out for you guys later this week hopefully we can cash some checks get after it <laughs> 